Grace, mercy, and peace to each one of you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you please bow your head with me? Come, Holy Comforter, thy sacred witness bear in this glad hour. Thou who almighty art, now rule in every heart, and never from us depart, Spirit of power. Amen. Please be seated. If you were to travel by car into California from one of the neighboring states, I don't, I don't know if every single road, I imagine the gravel roads that cross between Nevada and California don't have these, but, but all of the major highways, I think, have these. They have inspection stations. And those inspection stations are not there to inspect your car and make sure that it's safe. They're there to make sure that you're carrying no fruits and vegetables into the state of California. And so the guy comes out to your car and he actually asks, do you have any fruits and vegetables? At least he did me once when I drove into California. In Arizona, they did that too in Arizona. And the reason, of course, is that in California, I suppose Arizona too, the raising of fruits and vegetables is very important. It's a large part of their economy. And it feeds, that, that, those agricultural crops feed a large percentage of the people in this nation. And they don't want diseases, viruses, or fungal infections, or pests uh, entering the state of California from other states. And so they have those inspection stations because clearly fruit is really important to the state of California. If you were in chapel yesterday, you heard Pastor Moldstad talk about the fact that after God in his grace brings us to faith, he has good works, which are the fruit of faith, already prepared for us to do. We continue that thought today, but today uh, we want to listen to a message of caution that Jesus has regarding this fruit of faith. It's found in our lesson for this morning, which is found in John chapter 15, beginning with verse 5, and here's what we read. Jesus is speaking, and he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. Or I like the translations that says, and so you will show yourself to be my disciples. Well, there ends our lesson, and that's the word of God we want to contemplate this morning. Those words are part of an extended allegory where Jesus is cautioning his disciples about the importance of remaining close to him, actually remaining in him. In fact, he tells them, and us too by extension, to abide in him. Now, abiding implies several things, doesn't it? The word abide means 
to live someplace, to dwell there, to stay there. My abode is, is my home. That's where I live. Or sometimes it's Meyer Hall. This, my wife probably says it's Meyer Hall. But, uh, but uh, my abode is where I live. And, and so there is what Jesus is implying is there, there's to be a continuity of our life in him that from yesterday extends into today and from today will extend into tomorrow and that we stay in him. That's what he's implying here. And so Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. And so in this passage, first of all, we learn that abiding in Jesus is important for the bearing of fruit. You cannot read this passage, by the way, or, or the whole Bible for that matter, without getting the message that bearing fruit, Christian fruit, lives of fruitfulness, is important to God. It's kind of interesting what Jesus does here. He juxtaposes two things. He says that whoever abides in him will bear much fruit, and those that don't abide in him will bear nothing. So it's either bear much fruit or bear none at all. That's, that's the juxtaposition that Jesus has here. <laughs> either lots of fruit or none at all. And notice the criteria by which God judges our works. It's not the criteria that we often use, is it? We, we tend to look at the outward effects. So, so we, we tend to get the idea that someone who builds a hospital for the poor in uh, some, some uh, poverty-stricken area of the world, why, why that's a good work. That's really a, it's really a neat thing. Well, it is a neat thing, but in God's eyes, it is not necessarily a good work. We tend to think about people who just have a kindly disposition as, as, uh, as, as being, uh, maybe even as bearing fruit for God, but not necessarily. What God is looking for is a humble faith that trusts in Jesus, and from that faith, the fruit flows. We also kind of like to think sometimes that, that all of the works that we do the, the good things that we do, we tend to think of them sometimes, any of the nice things we do, well, that must be flowing from a life of faith as well. But I'll tell you the truth. The truth is that sometimes the fruit of my life is, is rotten fruit. I'd be willing to bet you have some rotten fruit hanging on your vine too. And anything, in fact, that does not bear... That, or that does not come from a life lived in faith in Jesus and out of gratitude to him, well, that's not a good work in God's eyes. Jesus goes on to say then, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. And so we see secondly, not only, not only is abiding him important, for our fruits, but it's also important for our eternal destiny. You probably know that already. And there's a, there's a kind of a, a distinction drawn in these verses that is, it's implied, but it's not stated, but you don't see it in here. Because some people might read these verses and say, well, 
good fruits are important for my eternal destiny. And that's not what he says, is it? He says that being connected to the vine, that determines your eternal destiny. Abiding in him, that determines your eternal destiny. But then he goes on to say that those who are connected to him will bear much fruit. And so someone may be asking then, well, how can I know? How can I be sure that I am abiding in Christ? What does it mean to abide in Christ? And we can break that question down in, into two other questions, both of extreme importance. The first one is what I just mentioned, how do I know that I am in Christ? And secondly, how do I stay there? How do I abide? That's right. How do I live there day by day? How do I make sure that day by day I am abiding in him? Because that's an important thing to know. Well, let's take the first question. First off, what does it mean to be in Christ? Well, very simply, it means, I suppose, for an adult that we first off know something about Jesus, that he is God's own beloved son, that he came down from heaven to live a perfect life on this earth as God's righteous substitute for unrighteous people. And that would be me. And that would be you. So he came down to live as a righteous substitute for unrighteous people like you and me. And then he did something else. Not only did he live for us, but then he willingly took my sins upon himself. He took your sins upon himself. And he went to the cross where he faced there the wrath of his own father. And he was on that cross until there was no more anger left for sinners. And he died on that cross and paid the price for all of my sins and for the sins of the whole world. And that means your sins too. And it means your sins are gone. He washed them away in his blood. And then he came back to life on the third day, the Bible says. And now he lives to see to it that his own people make it through this life to heaven, to be with him and live with him forever in eternity. And so to abide with him, when you believe that, then, well, let's actually say it a little more personally. When you believe that it is for you that he died, he bore your sins on the cross and he is your savior, then you are united with him by faith. You are united in him, and he is joined to you, and you are joined to the vine at that point. And so to abide in Jesus really means to rest your eternal security in his hands, to rely upon him and to believe in him. Now then, what about the second question? How can I make sure to remain in him? Because that's what abide means, isn't it? Day by day, staying in him. And what does he say in this passage? He says, if you abide in me, and what? And my words abide in you, and that's the key. God not only brings us to himself through the working of his word, but then he also keeps us in him through the working of his word. And so if I want to remain in him, I must use the nourishment that comes from the vine, and that nourishment is found in his word. I must read it and ponder it and hear it, hear it from the preachers who speak it in church. And, and one more thing. 
We have a saying, at least in our, our church, we have a saying. And that saying is two words. It's the visible word. That visible word for you and me is, is baptism in the Lord's Supper. And it is really important for us to take Holy Communion. It's, it brings to us that life and forgiveness that he won upon the cross for us, that visible word. And when we partake of that, and we partake of his word then, he assures us that we will remain in him, and he will remain in us, and he will see us safely to our journey's end in this life. And so, well, no, there's not any inspection stations, I suppose, along our highway of life, but fruit still it's an important thing for us. So take regularly his word and you will abide in him and you will bear much fruit. He promises it and he will see to it. Amen. May the peace that passes all human understanding keep your heart and mind into Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.